Have you ever thought about writing like fantasy romance novels? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. The Crown Killers are here with Key, Drew, Jesui, and Shavi. They're off a boat. Last time we left off, that you guys were on your way to Mediterri in a sloop vessel because you just escaped the shit going on at Megaris. Whilst in the middle of the ocean, you're attacked by Mero, who sunk your vessel. You now are on two dinghies and you see a large ship heading towards you probably about an hour or two away. And you can see this red sail blowing in the wind. Behind it, you can see the mountainous structure that seems to be Mediterri. And you can also see rolling black clouds that seem to emanate above it. I'm glad we have a cat that isn't afraid of water. I'm pretty dry, thanks to the electricity. Ooh, <laughs> cooked kitty. Mm, that's pretty shocking. Wow. Mm. It looks like, my friend, I do not want to row to shore. I say we strike a bargain with these friends that we do not know. Strike a bargain or strike a bargain? Wink, wink. We see how we do. For a ship like that, you must have some... Nope. Money talks and throw the daggers. This is true. Especially mm. when they magically sprout up your gooch. <laughs> <laughs> Ouchie. There is another option. We could look at going stealth and sneaking onto the ship. And is if we true? sneak onto the ship, perhaps we can make our way stealthily. Identify who the leader is and elicit from that leader what they're wanting. But I'm thinking I can cast darkness on our boat when they get close enough. Once we're underwater, they won't be able to see us. So once they get close enough, and and we can only do this if we identify them truly to be a threat. Okay? I can cast darkness. We submerge ourselves. We swim to the back of the boat. Climb the uh, climb the back of the boat with uh, some maybe pass without trace help. Yeah, but Druid will need to do the pass without a trace because darkness will cost me two key points. And then, <clears throat> well, Shavi and I, we just go first. Sneaky boy, sneaky boy. At that, you look towards Megaron. I don't know what your skill purview is, but I'm not sneaky. I can sail a boat. I think I'll be parlaying with these people. Whether you're involved or not. So, yeah, I, well, as, as that, I'm going to flick out onto the water and splash everyone, turn back into a human and say, I like this idea of going dark and trying to sneak on board. Well, I can always turn into something small and sneaky anyway and tag along with you guys. Mm. What I'm thinking I is... don't like the idea of leaving these two alone. Well, if, if we, we cast Dart to sneak on them and they, they might just leave the boats and let these guys go. With respect, Megaron's still in the same situation whether we go stealthily or not. In all instances, I think Megaron is safer with us. The thing I'm worried about is that if the if we try and barter our way on they, at, for past safe passage or something, they could just kill us. And We just, uh, we explain to them the reality of the situation. We say, we give you some now. We give you some when we hit the docks. You try anything uh, suspicious or else we are pay- paying patrons aboard your ship, we stab you. Do we send just one of us to talk? With a flourish, I go, bang, and say, it is obviously me that will do the talking. Okay, maybe we can do both. Maybe we can send an ambassador, right? That would be just we. And let's just say we give just way an hour, which means we can also short rest while we wait. Um, it's at that point you look towards Megaron and you can see him ripping off a portion of his shirt and he begins tying it to one of the oars. He says, I'll be raising this when they get close enough. For myself and the boy. I'm going to try to parlay. You're welcome to do what you'd like to do. Roll an insight check. 19. 20. 30, 20. 8. 14. Okay, so all of you except for Key, who's busy sort of crunching the numbers in his head, you look towards Megaron and you can see there is worry on his face. He just wants a safe passage for himself and his boy. So if you can provide that, he will happily go along with your way. But at the yep. moment, there's just lots of plates spinning in the air and mm-hmm. he's just not sure mm-hmm. what's what's happening. Either way, we're going to make it to shore. 
but I do believe the safest passage is with us. Roll a persuasion check. Shavi, uh, you go to move over towards him to talk to him and you can see him to look towards you and you see him tighten the knot on the flag a little bit okay. tighter. I grab the oar and I hold it down and I look deep into his eyes, deep into his eyes and I say, my friend, you know what is coming towards us. You're aware of the dangers of this place. Trust us to get you out of this situation with your son. We've done it once before. We've done it twice before. We can get out of this as well. Alive and together. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. It's a 21. Okay, so he looks towards you and you felt a tight grip on the oar because he wasn't sure what you were where you're going with it but as soon as you start to talk you watch as he relaxes that grip and he just gives you a stern half nod and he sits down with his boy okay so plan of attack as the ship gets closer I, I feel going stealth together is the best way to do it Key will you look after the boy and Drew will you look after the will you look after uh, Magnoron we all go stealth together when the ship is close. And we let it come aside. And then we scale the ship to the stern using the uh, pass without a trace. And we wait. And we hide. And store away effectively on this ship. And take it to wherever its birth is. There may be riches to be had there. Maybe even another boat for our friend Megaron. I would like another boat. How do we feel about this plan? Do we have? We don't really have to talk to them. We can kind of just stay invisible. If they find nothing, they'll return home. I'm all for it. Yeah, let's go. I think it's good. Let's go. All right. So you spend the next hour preparing yourselves and short resting. So you look at the guns, Jusui, and you feel like you've figured out the energy flow. You feel the charge remaining in you from the electricity that had hit you before by the marrow. And as you do, you look towards Drew, knowing that he can cast similar spells. And you just really want to test this out to see what happens. Uh, Drew. Drew, my friend. Yes. Do, uh... Do you have any, uh, maybe magic spells that, uh, might do me an itty litty bitty, uh, amount of, uh, damage to, uh, test the hypothesis I have? Sorry, I'll just do, I'll just cast Ice Knife. All right, so what does this look like? As he says that to you, what do you say back to him? Well, then, if, if that's what you want, then I can, uh, we can, we can test this theory out. I am preparing myself. And before he has the chance to be fully prepared, I throw an Ice Knife at him. <laughs> as you do that, you watch as just Sui had turned his back to move to the front of the boat and opens his arms. And as he does, you hit him by surprise. Are you hitting him directly with the Ice Knife or to the side? Just to the side. All right, to the side. So he will not take the direct damage. He will take the explosion damage though. So roll a attack. Yeah, I'll elect a fail. Okay. All right, so you watch as the ice explodes over the surface of the waves and you can see it crackle and fracture as the waves then break through, but the explosion damage of the splash that occurs hits just sweet. You get a cold rush across the side of your face, and as you do, you watch as that cold energy wraps around you, surges into the guns, and you watch as they charge once again. Your theory confirmed. Well, well, well. You get one charge back on your pistols. Very cool. Thank you. As that happens, you look towards the distance, the bearing of this vessel coming in true. It doesn't appear to slow down. It is almost like a dancer moving through the waves as it's beginning to sail toward you. You can see the red sail billowing and you can see that it is a two-sail vessel and you can see that it is galleon size. As it gets closer and closer, you start to see little instances and shadows of people that seem to be moving across the deck and you start to see the sails begin to draw upward as if they're about to stop. What are you guys doing at this point? Because they're not currently in eyesight of you, so you have a moment to act out your plan. Put it into action. I believe it was Michael doing the pass without trace. Who? He was doing. Who? Drew. Sorry, doing the pass without trace. He was doing darkness. Darkness. Yeah, I can do darkness, but I won't be able to do pass. I'll cast pass yeah. without mm. trace. Cool. Tie a rope around yourselves with them. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say that was pre-done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've already tied the, like you've little bit of length of rope, but you've tied them there so you can. 
pulling right. along. Mm. So what happens now? Who casts what? All right, I will cast darkness. That All right, you watch as this swirling black cloud begins to emanate from Key and just spreads slowly like a storm billowing across the tide in the light of day. And you watch as this cloud begins to crackle around you with purple lightning fizzing around as all of you become visionless in this area. Then okay. once it does that, I'm going to cast Pass of That Trait, All right. which gives everyone a plus 10 bonus to any stealth check. As you do that, you feel this wave of sparkle that moves across you and you watch as you begin to glow green. And as you glow green, you watch then as it begins to subside and you feel like as you move your hand through shadow, your hand then also blends with that shadow. So as you begin to look into this area, you hear, because you can't see, but you hear the lapping of the ship coming closer and closer. You hear the calls of the captain seeming to make commands and you hear the churning of the chain as the anchor seems to be being dropped. You hear this ching, 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 splash and you hear a whistle and you watch then as a voice says, go and see what is in the darkened patch. It was not there a minute ago. And you note the voice to be female. Do any of you recognize the accent? No. So, no, sir. No. So the boat is in the patch with us? Or it's in- not in the patch. It's probably it's, it's probably 30 feet off the patch, but they have anchored. Yeah. So what I what I imagine is all of you, Megaron and his boy included, slip over the side of these dinghies. You watch as you both, uh, all of you, duck under the surface. The ripples only just uh, coming off of your bodies and you begin to move underneath the darkness and start swimming. As you do, you look up and you can see the dark cloud billowing where Key had previously cast it and you look in the distance and you can see the bottom half of this ship that seems to be made of perfect redwood. It is extremely well made. There doesn't seem to be a barnacle on it at all. As you look up through the reflection, the refraction, you can see those red crimson sails and they look like two dragon wings as they're sitting there. Picture like an Asian style galley. The anchor that come off the boat, does that come off the deck of the boat or through a hole it comes off the deck of the boat it seems to have been dropped over lame lame okay i'll get you guys to roll your stealth checks with advantage with a plus 10 39 31 22 29 okay so all good stealth checks all around you watch as the boy and megaron seem to be benefiting from the spell as well having stayed within drew's sphere of stealth you watch as the waves refract you seem to change color with them as part of the pass without trace You move to within five feet of the hull of the boat and you meander your way towards the back of the ship and you watch as well as a dinghy seems to be lowered just about 30 feet to your left. You watch as the weight of that depreciates as some people seem to be getting in it. You hear the muffled sounds of the crew moving across the ship and you hear the large grinding as if something heavy is being moved across the deck of the ship. You get towards the back of the ship and you can see the rudder there locked in place and you can see the chain moving down into the ocean. As you look down, you can see that there is reefs below you with some ships protruding through. What are you guys doing as you hit the back of the ship? Can I roll a uh, check to see how many people or how many things I can hear moving on the boat? That's maybe like two people, 50 people. I'll get you to roll a perception check with disadvantage because you're listening muffled through the water. So do we see windows? 15. 15? Definitely more than 10. This seems to be a galley-type vessel. You know for a fact it is too large to operate a, with a small crew. It seems to have at least 10 people. Ten, At least that amount of traffic you saw gauging from what you've seen it coming towards you as and what you've heard as well. Can we have a looky-see if there's like windows for a captain's quarter or something that might be towards the back of the boat or something like that? Yeah, as you resurface and or as you look underneath just peering above the waves, you can see at the back of the ship these two stained glass windows that seem to protrude out from a catwalk or a, a balcony-like deck that seems to back onto the captain's quarters at least. Let's, uh, this might be our way in. Yeah. We? Okay. Well, mm. we talk in Thieves Can't use the anchor to climb up close to the uh, the balcony for the for the captain's quarters, jump across. I reckon we make ourselves comfy in the captain's quarters because the captain will come, the captain will come in and we can go, we would like to parlay on our terms. Hmm. Either um, that or we keep you hostage. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So we either kill you, mutinize hmm. and take crew or, and this is all in Thieves Can't, that's hmm. why you're hearing this uh, thick Australian accent. Hmm. Sorry. And uh, then we have a ship and a few people. Perfect. So, or we just pay 
a nice cheap price, fair price for her to take us in. Sounds good. All right. If you guys want to, you can begin swimming towards the anchor yeah. and the rest yeah. of the party, yeah. if they choose to, will act upon that. Yeah. At that as well, it's at this time you watch as your octopus, Drew, disappear as the spell's duration has definitely well and truly run out. You get towards the anchor and you begin to make your way up and it is quite a thick anchor too. It's like about a, a foot around. Roll your athletics checks, please. 22. Shavi, you begin going first and hand over hand, you start to scale the chain. Uh, Megaron and his son begin climbing up, his son holding onto his back. He's oh, climbing up without issue as well. No, um, his son's connected to me. Okay. Well, he'll climb up and then his son will be connected to you, Key. So what did you get? I got a nine. All right. So you're climbing and the weight of this kid is just like weighing you down. And you remember how much you absolutely love children in this moment. <laughs> and you can see him like holding onto your fur. And as he slips further and further, he's ripping it out of your the back of your neck. I was thinking, I haven't rolled yet. I was thinking about maybe just sitting in the the water and holding onto the anchor until I get okay. a sort of summons from them to climb up. All right. So Drew's going to hold onto the anchor as the ship's stationary at this moment. Uh, I got a six. The slipperiness of the actual chain, you're kind of slipping as you're, as you're climbing up as best that you can. And it's at that point you kind of you kind of fall behind everybody else. So I'll say that they get up to the top before you. So Shavi, you get there first and you climb over this wooden balcony that you can see is this exquisite redwood. As you get onto the deck, you can see that there is a door that seems to have a stained glass window in it and two stained glass windows either side that seem to have fractaled yellow, red, and green kind of painted glass that you can't really see through. And it doesn't open? You haven't tried. Can I try to open? Yeah, you go over to the door and you can see that it seems to be Quietly? locked. Quietly? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honouring yourself yeah, just cool. from before. You, you test the handle and you can see that it appears to be locked. You test the windows and they, they don't have a shutter or anything on it. It's just stained glass. So at that point, Key, Megaron and his son come up. As you're there, roll perception checks as Jusui begins climbing up. 26. Uh, dirty 20. So oddly enough, as the two of you begin listening, you're hearing a melody of voices all appear to be feminine. From inside the room? From across the ship. Okay. You don't appear to hear any noises from within the captain's quarters. What would you like to do as just swear you <laughs> get your way up to the top finally? So a thieves can't to to Shavi locked, like as in question mm. locked. Pew mm. pew. And I pull out my uh, lock picks from my tattooed mm-hmm. fingers mm-hmm. and I uh, definitely up to the door just and Go for it. Roll a thieves' tools check. Just before I uh, unlock, I uh, I want to check the door just in case there are some uh, traps. Great thinking, just sweet. You may roll an investigation check. Next. Thanks, mate. Uh, that's a seventeen. Okay, so as you look through, you can see that there appears to be a trap on the inside of the lock. And as you look through the locking mechanism, you can see that if the door opens and is ajar, a glyph will split and cause a spell to go off you know that the only way to break these types of traps is to scuff the glyph or break the line of the glyph strategically how do i do that with your thieves tools i'll say that you can let's roll a sleight of hand to see if you can do it do so without causing it to set off it's a 10 10 is just enough oh, oh thank you get your thieves tools through the lock, you get towards where you see the glyph is and you just scratch the surface of the glyph just enough. You see this arcane flare and for a moment you think, fuck, I busted it. But it's at that moment you watch as it just sort of fizzles out and you are all safe. Your thieves tool check. 22. Within two seconds after disarming the trap, you hear a slight Aww. as the door creaks open. You can see that it is quite a thin piece of wood and as you open it, the cabin's quarters doesn't appear to be lit in any way apart from natural light coming through which you can see is lit with greens yellows and reds from the outside window so uh can i roll investigation to see what i can immediately steal what i could potentially steal later and i think shavi and i go through the door first these can't <laughs> we go first and what are you doing key the first thing i do is i remove the rope off me and the kid and i'm seeing these guys doing thieves can't I'm not too sure what they're what they're saying, but I'm going to act on their on their act. Uh, I, okay. I just we just turns the key and like puts a palm up and just I'm saying like puts a palm up, points down to the ground, points between his two eyes, and does a circle in the air, sort of saying like stay here, look around, 
and then you know points to me and Shavi, and we just sort of make the inside sort of movement with hand. Yeah. So with 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 acknowledging that, I start to sort of go into a, a sentry kind of mode. But mm-hmm. the first thing I do once once I'm looking around is get into a shadow shadowed area. Okay. So you move uh, underneath the deck, and as you slip into the shadows, you watch your form sort of dissipate that little bit. Drew, you look up and can see Key just wag his uh, his fingers up twice, and you begin to climb. Can you roll an athletics check? As that happens. I'll get you to roll a perception check for me, Key, as I cut to Shavi and just Swee, who will be investigating the room. 11. Athletics. 18. 18. So, Drew, you make it up, no worries. As you begin going hand over hand, your wolf pelt smelling atrociously. <laughs> you watch as Key, you sort of take a leg up onto the balcony and just sort of sit in a crouched position as you're surveying the area, keeping your ears out as best that you can. You hear the clamor above and you can hear some people starting to pull the anchor up from directly above you you begin to hear the anchor begin to chink upwards and you hear the captain's voice say there doesn't appear to be anybody there we salvaged two dinghies from it though so well done girls and you watch as they begin to hoist up the the vessels and you hear them being hoisted up as well and you watch as they all begin to start singing a sea shanty shavi and just we are we rolling perception or investigation Perception gives you a general broad view. Investigation is I am looking into this shit. I'll roll investigation because I've got a plus three. You run You run perception. Cool. 17 investigation. Well, the first thing that you see, uh, Shavi, is as you begin looking through, you can see a large four-poster bed that seems to have these gossamer sheets attached to the roof that go all the way down to the, the floor. You can see that the sheets are white satin. You can see that there seems to be two bedside tables that seem to have candles lit upon them and there is a trunk at the base of the bed. You look around to the back and you can see books lining the shelf and you can see what looks like a scotch decanter on the side. You also see a table and on the table you can see an ashtray and a deck of cards that seem to just have been left. Jusui, you immediately sense an arcane glow that seems to be coming from the chest at the base of the bed and you can see that the candles also appear to give off a glow it seems to be almost magical as well. Can I go and look in the chest? You go to the chest and as you go to open it, it appears to be locked. Shavi, you also see on the opposite side of the room from where you entered, there is another door that seems to lead out onto the deck and you can see shadows moving across that window as people are moving either side of the deck and you can see it's just a busy crew. It just seems to be busying the ship, getting ready to make way. You hear... Uh, key the billowing of the sail as the wind takes it and all of you then feel the ship beginning to move forward is that window clear or is that a stained it's one stained as, well? as well do we uh thieves canting thieves yep, canting it's all in yep. thieves can't yeah do we just uh set up in the room and wait for her to come in do you want me to like loot this chest now or do we you know see what happens just in case they're coming back because we're moving now the captain might return pretty quick pretty soon so, so it's just- probably best if we just hide first Oh, we're gonna hide, are we? We's Absolutely. Wait, yeah, waiting on yeah, the all right, So wait for her to be alone in a in a in Absolutely. a room. Absolutely. All right. So we'll leave we'll leave them outside because that's like the only way onto that balcony is via. Absolutely. The yeah. only way out of, out to that balcony is through that captain's through quarters. Yeah. Well, they all can right, stay so there. Well, they yeah. they just stay there. Roll stealth. Yep. Nat nine. It's plus seven, so thirty six. I also got thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> So competitively, <laughs> how do you both hide in the best places possible in this room? So you can see it as a rectangled room. There is the bed featured there, and you can see a rug on the floor and the bookcase across the side and the table as well. I'm going under the bed. He's going under the bed. I'm going to go uh, in the opposite corner, up in the corner, Spider-Man style. All right. So you watch as Jusui puts one foot on the bookcase, scales his way, wedges himself in the corner as Shavi runs across the floor, slides directly under the bed. And as you guys look at each other, thinking that you're both the dopest motherfuckers in the world. Giggling, Giggling like in the corner. <laughs> um, you watch Key as you see one of the crew members making their way above you over to the overhang that seems to be at the back of the ship. As you look up, you can see what looks like a human woman. You can see that she has brown hair that seems to go down to her shoulders cut in a bob. You can see these large golden earrings as she leans over, you can see black eyeshadow and you watch as she's got this cigarette and she just takes a massive draw of it, then flicks it into the ocean. You watch as it tumbles down, hits the sea and you watch as it does so. You hear her swigging a bottle and as she leans 
forward, her arms hanging over the edge. You can see that one arm has this intricate green tattoo across it. And you just listen to her humming as she's sort of looking across the side. You watch then as she takes a notebook out and starts to scribble something or draw something. She seems to be looking out at the ocean. Drew, you're there as well. You see the same thing. A few moments go by quietly and it seems like nobody's coming into the captain's quarters until you're about to break from your hiding spaces and you hear a and you watch as the door swings open. You see a woman. You can see that she has long flowing brown hair that goes to the middle of her back. Two braids across the side that goes into a small ponytail at the back. You can see her ears are long and pointed. You can see that she's got soft features and freckles across her nose. You can see that she's also got this white top that seems to billow around her chest off the shoulders and comes down into a flowing uh, sleeve pattern. There is a leather corset around the middle and she's wearing leather pants with belt buckles attached to the side. Stop looking at me like that. That's all the fuck damn. No, no, just wait. Go on. (laughs) And you can see that she's got these knee-high boots that seem to house uh, a dagger, maybe two, you're not sure. You can also see that on her hip is a, a small hand crossbow. And you can see on her head is a captain's hat with a large feather. And you watch as she takes that off, throws it onto the corner post of the bed. And you watch as it perfectly hits and twirls around. As it does so, she moves over to the table. You watch as she pours a scotch. And she's just standing there with it. She takes a swig. As you're looking at her as well, she sort of smells. She just sort of shakes her head and necks the rest of the scotch. You can see her move to the chest. You watch as she opens the chest and you can see in there an adornment of treasure, jewels, magic items. As she looks at it, you can see her magically signing something in the air and you watch as a sigil appears above her head. You then hear footsteps coming from within the room and you watch as two individuals enter. Both seem to be human one a woman with dark skin you can see that she's got this cloth top that seems to crop off the top and you can see that she's got this tattoo across her chest as well she has uh, braided dark hair that goes down into a ponytail and she has weapons just across her entire body as she walks in you can see behind her is a um, a light-skinned woman with black hair that you can see has uh, a cape and jacket that seems to go off one side and you can see that she also has this iguana-like lizard that wraps around her her neck. She's also got an eye patch on one eye. As those two walk in, you watch as they begin looking and you hear the first woman say, the captain, she says, did you find anything upon your inspection or was it just the boats that we got? And you watch as the dark-skinned woman, you see that she's got two eyebrow rings, says, doesn't appear to be anything that I saw. Maybe whoever was there left it. We don't know. Either that, or they were taken by the marrow, there seems to have been a conflict. You watch as the other woman, you hear this throaty noise that you know comes from the lizard, and you hear this other one says, Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine, Spike, I'll tell them. Yeah, um, didn't see any treasure. Didn't see anything, really, unless you want to go below the surface, but that didn't uh, do so well for us last time. I guess we got to take this hole that we have, take it to Demos Tortuga, and then back to Mediterri. And you watch as the captain says, she nods and she says, okay, well, I guess we should uh, make way. Ready the crew, make sure the slaves are well fed. We'll head back today. And at that point, you watch as the other two exit and she remains. You watch as she sits at her desk and starts to write. Thieves can't, we're gesturing. Do we make our appearance now? Yeah, yeah. I'm Aggressively so like- or not? I'm going to come up like a... I might wait then. And that's what I was thinking. You wait. Let me see, gauge the reaction. And then if it goes south, yeah, I mean, you stab her straight in the neck. If it goes... You I'm know, not staying under the bed. No, 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 Straight up, straight up. I, won't. I feel like this conversation is being happened with intense eye contact. Yeah, yeah like we're just thieves canting. Like no, just we just stick to the plan. Right. <laughs> All right. I stealthily... What's close meter like? Uh, you can see like a world globe that seems to be sitting there as well with a sword sticking through it that seems to be just off the bookcase and okay. off to her left. And you can see as the light begins to shine through, you feel the ship beginning to turn 
about face. Yeah. Uh, and as it does so, you watch as the sun shines through the back and you can see this golden red light just go across her beautiful skin. So I'm sort of like leaning on this globe, looking like, uh, you know, pretty good. I've quickly like got my hair like... Pretty suave. Flicked it across. Got a bit of stubble going on because I've been at sea, you know what I mean? Hey. And I sort of just look across the room and I'm like, this uh, this light, my dear, at this angle, it is uh, quite magnifique, no? Holy fuck. Does a 17 hit your AC? What the fuck? Yes! <laughs> 17 hits my AC. Okay, so you watch as she immediately quick draws her hand crossbow, releases the arrow. It pins your hand into the globe. And as mm-hmm. it does so, you take five points of damage and she says, Hello, monsieur. May I ask how you find your way into my quarters? I've, I've got my hand pinned to the globe and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to... I'm, yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I'm like chewing you with the other hand. Uh, she stands up, moves towards you, just sweet. Yeah. I, I, I still say like, because, you know, obvious hand I'm going and I'm saying, oh, it is a good morning indeed. You watch as she saunters her way towards you slowly, her high heeled boots clanking on the, the wooden surface. She makes her way towards you. You can smell her perfume and she takes the hand that is impaled and she's like an inch away from your face and she pulls it out. And as she does, she watches you wince and she says, A good morning indeed. But you have not answered my question. You watch as she flings the arrow down in between your feet. Yeah. So it's like sticking in the wood between your legs. And she says, How the fuck did you get on to the crimson wing? And then uh, does she notice that I've drawn Mm -hmm. and uh, I've drawn one of the pistols? Roll a sleight of hand check against her uh, perception. 11. If she did notice, she doesn't appear to let you know, but you watch one eyebrow raise. Yeah. And as she does, as you position it towards her body, she says, I hope you are just happy to see me. It is excitement indeed to be uh, taken out of the water in such a way, but uh, I have a proposition for uh, a like-minded businessman that could be mutually beneficial. It could be disastrous for one party or another. Business is discussed over scotch. Have a seat and pray I do not call my sisters into the room. Look, now in all honesty, I must be honest here. She turns whilst you're speaking. Her hair flicks across your face and she goes and sits back down. Ah, Xavi, you should come out from under the bed. Yes, Xavi, you do not want to be under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Are you implying that I should be in the bed? You watch as she raises two eyebrows and she says, For a man of your stature, your charisma is through the roof. <laughs> Please, take a seat. And you watch as she puts one leg over the other, holds her elbow over the top of her chair and she looks to both of you and she goes, Two strapping young fellows in my own quarters, whatever shall I do? Business. Not, yes? Not just my charisma, that's disproportionate to my body <laughs> I love this shit it's like a female just sweet she's like in my experience boastful men they're not all they're cracked up to be turn back to and I say uh, Zimero your friends found uh, they are how you say fish food and uh, that was directly uh, due to my friend and I but would you like a round of applause unfortunately during said struggle our boat was scuttled we would like to buy passage for six to uh You watch she counts. Either you are extremely bad at maths or you have smuggled Three. some more people onto my vessel. Silently, you watch mm. as a whistle occurs. Drew, Key, and also um, Megaron and his son here. And Megaron says to you, Key, are we going inside? Is that the signal? Didn't know we were waiting for us. But yeah, I think so. All right, so you watch as the four of them enter the room and you see the same sight that these two had previously seen, a beautiful elven woman sitting at the table, scotch in hand. Well, now I am just poorly outnumbered. Allow me to even the odds. I say, uh, at this point in time, I do not really think we need any more from your side to conduct business. I am purely being open and honest. You will come to no harm as long as business resolves very nicely. Or business will resolve nicely, if that is what you intend. However, I will feel more comfortable if I have my sisters present. And you do want a vulnerable young lady to be comfortable, don't you, <laughs> mister? I do not think vulnerability is something that you exude. 
You watch as she holds both hands behind her head and she says, Well, you're right there. And uh, to be honest, I'm not quite afraid of your merry bunch. Drew sees the... Scott sits down and pulls out his flask. Says, let's have a drink. She sits down and Doesn't says... Doesn't wait for anyone. He starts drinking. Finally, somebody who appreciates good liquor. And you watch as she goes to pour you a drink and she gives you a wink as well. As she does, she gestures the scotch bottle towards Yuki and holds it up. I sort of like... Uh, Turn it off. At the moment, I don't really want to talk to anyone. I just sort of move to the, I move to the corner of the cabin, uh, where the door is, opposite to where the hint would turn, so that when someone entered, the door would turn over me, mm-hmm. and I just post up in the corner. She looks towards the rest of the party and says, "Why so serious?" As she gestures towards Key. He is a uh, the, he is a uh, temperamental at the moment. It's at that moment she says, if you do not mind, I'll call my sisters to the table. I do not want to uh, get any holes in this impressive bodice. All right. Well, I holster my gun and, and bow out to Drew. After seeing, uh, after hearing her say that, he looks at her and says, sorry, but I have a girlfriend and drinks from his flask. Well, I'm sure that there will be many women aboard this vessel that will be sorely disappointed, Mr. Um, Drew. Drew. Well, where are my manners? I am Captain Rodessa Reed, and I am the captain of the Crimson Wing. And you are in the company of the Hell's Harpies. Welcome aboard, gentlemen. Now, and you watch as she does a similar glyph, and you watch as the same two individuals enter from before, but also the woman that uh, Key had previously seen with the tattoo down one arm. It's at that you watch as they enter, and as soon as they do, they draw swords. And you watch as she says, Girls, come on, these gentlemen are just here to have a drink. And besides, we don't want to make a mess in front of the boy. And you watch as he points to Shavi, as well as <laughs> the, the young boy standing next to him. There are children aboard the vessel, please. <laughs> oh, hot. It's at that point you watch as the four girls come and sit down. You watch as the one with the dark skin and the eyebrow piercing comes and says, Well, what's your business? Stowaways, don't take kindly to them. Ah, we are much more than stowaways, my dear. We are well-led adventurers. It's at that point you look towards this individual who looks towards Key and says, what the fuck are you looking at? fuck are you looking at? You watch as the iguana crawls down the arm and just goes to circle around Key and just like... (laughs) (laughs) Key just looks at this iguana and imitates it, but like the sarcastic... <laughs> Inspiration. Inspiration, man. That was good. Mm. Drew wants to pat the iguana. Um, it's at that point as well. You watch as the woman who was over the back before moves over to sit down opposite uh, Redessa. She takes a cigarette, lights it, and you can see she crosses her legs too. And she says, I'm here to listen. Uh, I uh, seem to find myself at a uh, loss as I pull out my cigarette packet, which is just like completely waterlogged, soggy, all my cigarettes are falling apart. And I look towards her and I go, do you mind if I, uh... You watch as Rodessa looks towards this other woman with the bob cut and the tattoo. And she says, Annie, if you would oblige our guests. And you watch as Annie moves over to you, lights a cigarette. And as she does so, she gets pretty close towards you. And then she moves away. And you watch as she blows smoke in your face as she sits down. Oh, and doesn't give me a cigarette. No, she gives she gives you a oh, cigarette, okay. lights okay. it for you, and then oh. her own cigarette, she yeah. blows in your face as she yeah, goes sweet. to sit down. And uh, I watch her sit down, and then we need passage. We will pay 15 uh, gold pieces. She waggles her oh, finger in I front of you. Oh, I get waggle. You watch as she like walks her fingers across the table, and she draws like little circles, and she says, Introductions first, please. We have Rodessa. This is Nobel, and you watch as she points to the dark-skinned uh, individual with the eyebrow ring. She says, this is Annie, and this is Viv, and that is Pike. These are my first mates. Looks towards Megaron, and she says, if your boy is hungry, and you are also hungry, you can go to the kitchens. You will not be harmed on this vessel. And you watch as he will look towards you guys. Like, we just nod. You watch as he walks past all of you. You watch as he puts an arm on your shoulder key. As he walks past and he says, Thanks for taking care of them, my boy. I owe you a debt of gratitude. You sure do. She says, Now that those pleasantries are out of the way, 
who might you be? Um, I'm going to give a small applaud. I don't think I've ever seen just Swee been baffled in his words before. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's just say in the field of battle, I am quite a capable opponent, but in the field of linguistics, you will always come off second best. Love that. One might say we are cunning linguists ourselves. I have not heard that one before. She rolls her eyes. <laughs> Drew, Drew stands up and says, I'm Drew. And you, Spike, must be the goodest boy. <laughs> he walks over to Spike and tries to tap the iguana. You, you watch as he immediately unruffles and you watch as he just becomes that relaxing, like he's just like complete blubber in your arms and he's just like. <laughs> yeah. You watch as Viv moves towards you and goes, ah, an animal lover. You you keep an eye on him, Spike. You keep an eye on him. Keep Yeah, I'm just for the rest of this, I'm just going to be scratching Spike and I look at Viv and I say like, not too close. I have a girlfriend. She just readjusts her eye patch and says, <laughs> let's just say you're not my type. You watch as uh, Nobel the one with the eyebrow piercing, moves over to the chest, sits down, crosses her legs upon it as this conversation is happening. So Rodessa's is the captain. Yes. I'm definitely going to go and lean against Annie. <laughs> I'm obviously talking to Rodessa and I, I turn to her and I say, my name is Jesuis Undu. I am a waylaid adventurer and these are my friends. You can introduce yourselves. Yeah. I, I introduced myself. I said my name's Jack. Deception check. 15? Okay, so you watch as nobody seems to bat an eye at your comment of Jonah. I'm going to walk over to Annie. Uh, mm-hmm. Introduce to everyone. Well, I'm Shavi, and I admire your tattoos. You watch as she looks towards you, ashes her cigarette, and she stands up and she says, yeah, I'm a bit of an artist. She tosses her sketchbook to you nonchalantly. She says, tell me if there's anything you like. In the book or out of the book? She does like a half-cocked smile and she says, props for that one, young man. (laughs) I'm just going to sit on the floor, cross my legs and read the book. All right, you can see, as you look, you can see extremely intricate tattoo designs. You can see some are of like nautical themes, some are like thunderstorms. You can see one of like a beautiful pin-up woman. She's an incredible artist. And you can see on her arm, there appears to be this excellent looking um, tattoo as well. At that, you can also see what looks like a needle behind her ear, and you can also see like a sash tied to her her side that seems to be uh, full of stuff. You watch then as Rudessa looks towards you, Jusui, and says, You mentioned something about a passage. Where is it, pray tell, that you are heading towards? We were headed towards the uh, Mediterranean, but uh, you may be able. we may be able to come to an arrangement with uh, some information our way, maybe some gold your way, and we can go from there. We are open to discussion. See, we are on a quest of our own. But we make birth from Metatiri often. We have safe passage to and fro. So yes, we can take you there. Let me just say, for some squishy gentlemen like yourselves, you will not last one. It is quite a... Uh, Desolate place ruled by the Crown Corsair, the most devious pirate of the Demos Gulf. Do we know of any any names amongst the Copper Ring that might reside there? Ah, yes. The Copper Ring is quite well indentured into Metateri. Slavery is quite common. We have slaves aboard this vessel. Is that what you are in search for? You are looking for someone? We are in search of many people. Well, let me just say that um, Shark Denver... He is quite high up in the Copper Ring, and he is in direct alliance with the Crown Corsair himself. They're a partnership. So all of the vessels within the city, we get a discount on our slave trade. You know where we find him? In Metotiri. He rarely leaves. Do you know any local hangs? Well, of course. But so far I've given you quite a bit of local information. And I throw two? Before she even finishes that sentence, I throw two gold pieces flicked straight at her chest. As it bounces on her chest and then bounces onto the table, and she says, I'm sorry, I uh, mistook you for the wealthy kind. If this is all we are playing with, then... And she goes to and stand up and you watch I, as the ladies do too. I go to, I grab the gold off. It bounces on the table. Hmm. I grab the gold off the table. I'm going to put down my bag that I got from Arden. My eyes widen and I look at her and shrug. What do the rest of you do? I'm still playing with Spike. Okay. I'm watching as this is going along. 
All right. At that moment, you watch as she raises an eyebrow. She says, now we are talking. She slides and she says, leave me for the conversation and for not being killed immediately upon arriving at my vessel. Now. I think we will uh, take some discount for uh, not slaughtering you while you stood there without even noticing that six people had uh, invaded your vessel. Your confidence is baffling, Master Elf. But true to some regard. <laughs> she gives a smile. She says, if you want to find Shark, he usually resides at the Black Tide Tavern, which is inside the city of Metatiri. However, without a sign, without a lord to vouch for you, I doubt that you will make it through the docks. And how much do you think if we could do a package deal, you get us to Mediterranean from the position we are in now with a nice hefty uh, discount for the lack of violence, so you say? And maybe we, you know, you give us a uh, a vouch to uh, get us at least through the Docklands and you will never see us again. She looks around to all of you and she says, how about this? 5,000 gold. I take you to Metatiri. I let you exit my vessel unharmed. I give you all a temporary sign under my good name. And I never fucking see you again. I can swing it. I gotta get it all banked, though. Thieves can't. 5,000. No way in fucking hell. I say maybe half, half, and half of that half now and half on arrival. 12.50 now, 12.50 yeah. when we get it? Well, uh... I can understand the uh, the offer of uh, 5,000 gold. In normal circumstances, you find four to six people in two dinghies. I can understand the extortion, but... Uh, extortion? The- I call it um, the price for saving your fucking lives, because what other choice do you have? You can um, take uh, your chances here with me, Captain Reed of the Crimson Wing, or to the seabed go your bones, sailor. We had other choices, then. Oh. Hmm. Oh, do you really? We had other choices. Is that right? And do you know the perils that await you in the Demos Gulf? Do you know of Demos Tortuga himself? Do you know of the three, the three marrows that lay beneath the waters now? You watch as Viv and also Nobel scoff. And you watch as she looks over to the girls and she like waves a hand to silence them and she says... Demos Tortuga is a beast of ancient terror. He is a gargantuan dragon that wails beneath the surface. He makes his way through the Demos Gulf, and but for the grace of the Crown Corsair, our boats are allowed to parley through these waters. If you are not sailing with those colors, you are lucky that it is the Mero that found you first. Or if he did, that dragon turtle would take you to your watery graves. So see, if you want to get to Metatiri by sea, seems I have your balls in the palm of my hand. And also, to your offer of less than 5,000 gold, and you watch as she uses Thieves' Khan and says, no fucking deal. I drew... Through then, look at the guys, and he stands up and he says, "How about that?" And he pulls out the the full plate armor. Yeah, boy. Pulls out the full plate armor. He says, drops it on the table. Says, "I'll give you this." And, and Mary Poppins is out of the bag too, and just clonks on the table, yeah. and you hear like shift in weight. You watch as Viv stands up, and so does Spike. Spike's just like, mm. and you watch as Viv moves over to it, and she like starts inspecting it, and she goes. Holy fuck, this is really well made. And you watch as um, Rodessa says, uh, Viv, try and keep it in your pants. I'm negotiating a fucking deal here. Yeah. I said, I'll give you this. And you give a safe passage into the city and the, igua- and the iguana. Roll a persuasion check. Fuck. The iguana is a good deal. Do it. That's 18. The iguana moves over towards you. Viv looks at Rodessa. And she's shaking her head. He watches Rodessa says, I will make the deal with you, but Spike is as much part of the crew as my sisters. 
He is the most noble, handsome, and loyal man I know. I could not possibly give him up. And you watch as Viv picks him up, puts him on his shoulder, looks to you, Drew, and says, You're a fucking monster. <laughs> she walks towards well. the door. Stay well. You make a good point. I couldn't rob such a good boy from his family. As Viv's there, just like, you never leave mama, would you? Seen as, you know, what I'm offering is more, worth more than what we bargained for. Is there something, is there more information that you can help us out with on our journey to military? Whilst you are a part of this crew having paid your way, you will have access to any information that is inside my brain. I will treat you as equals. Deal. And I put my hand out to shake her hand. She will spit on her hand and offer to shake yours too. And then I pull my hand back and brush my hair and say, sorry, I have a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) She watches, she gets her other hand, flicks a dagger around, stabs it into the table and she she moves her hand across the blade and she says, it looks like we have an accord. And she swipes her own blood across the table and she says, a deal signed in blood cannot be broken. So I swipe my hand over the same blade that's in the table and swipe it across the table as well. It is done. And you watch then as um, Nobel stands up, she moves over to you, Jusui, puts a hand on your shoulder and this dark-skinned individual says, welcome to the fucking crew. And she walks out. All right, so with that deal brokered, you watch as the female crew members, the Hell's Harpies, stand and bid you farewell as they exit the room. Rodessa stands and says, oh, one rule of the Crimson Wing. And she points to all of you. If I find you in this room again, I will personally cut your fucking balls off. He watches Annie, snatches the book off of you, Shavi, hits you on the head with it and says, I hang out in the crow's nest. I'll see you later. And she moves away. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We really hope you're enjoying the show, guys. And if you are, please make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and a review. And feel free to come and join our Discord and post that review in our general channel. We'd love to hear from you, and so would our community. Guys, D&D Valiant Odyssey will return next week. But if you are eager for some D&D action in the meantime, we play Dungeons and Dragons on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash Valiant Odyssey. So make sure you come over and show some love, guys. Send us a message in chat, which is fully moderated. We can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, be valiant. We'll catch you later.